0: In fall of 2015, my dad was in the hospital. He'd had a major stroke. And he was staying in an extended care facility because he couldn't walk or move independently. And he needed to go get an MRI. And I thought it's a wonderful day, so I pulled my motorcycle out of the garage, got it started, and rolled up to a stop sign. I went through that stop sign and went down the street. And As I began to take a right turn, something people do on motorcycles all the time, uh, the engine stalled out. If you've ever ridden a motorcycle, you know a stall in a curve is not a great situation. And I applied some throttle trying to wake the engine back up and just before the motorcycle hit the ground the engine roared to life, and in doing so, launched me into the air like a volleyball. Now, I don't remember that part, uh, but a spectator who saw me fly through the air and land headfirst on the ground used that phrase. I flew through the air like a volleyball. And in that moment, my life completely changed. I didn't know it at that moment, but I had a double brain bleed and a severe concussion. I'd never heard of post-concussive syndrome. I didn't know that brain injuries can have complications that last not only hours and weeks, but months and years. But it's not overstating it to say that a brain injury dramatically changed my life in ways I could have never expected or anticipated. And as we've been talking about issues surrounding ability and disability here on Ask Science Mike, I thought it might be helpful and useful and instructive for all of us to consider those kinds of disabilities that people acquire unexpectedly, the things that are invisible to someone passing you on the street But are never more than a moment away in daily living. And so this week, I've invited my dear friend, Christy Neal, to join us on Ask Science Mike to talk about living with brain injuries. Christy, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel really excited. And well, I'm a podcast version, like, this is the (laughs) first podcast. Yeah. That I've been on. So I did not wear natural deodorant today cuz I knew I'd be really nervous and sweaty, so I wore like the real deodorant oh, today. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So I'm yeah. excited but I'm really <laughs> nervous. Um but like here's the thing, like it's also the first time that I've actually talked about mm. what life is like for me and what has happened publicly. Um so there's a lot of fear in that, but there's also a lot of like Oh my goodness. If I would have known like if, uh, to, if I can help somebody like if, if I would have known the things that I know now about living with a brain injury, hmm. like um, things would have been a little different and a little less lonely. Wow! So thank you for having me. Oh gosh,
0: I'm so <laughs> honored. And you, you are like one of my dearest closest friends period in the whole world um so for listeners if it sounds like we're familiar and know each other well uh that's because it is you're listening in in a conversation between two friends and uh not a there's no publicist or media entourage here
1: (laughs) yeah i feel oh my goodness i feel the same the same way um you are actually i was just telling you this the other day like Mike you're the only person mm-hmm. that is in my life that actually understands. Mm-hmm. Um so when I met you, um you know, I hadn't I hadn't had my accident yet and you were a year I think you were a year out of your accident so you were able to talk about it and then um yeah, you've been my concussion coach. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Brain injury twins. (laughs) That's right. What was, give me like a snapshot or a feeling of what life was like and how you felt before uh, you had a brain injury.
1: Yeah. Um, I was a homeschool mom. Mm -hmm. Um, we have three children and I homeschooled my kids. I was in, I was in year 10 when the accident happened. um, I was really, really good at multitasking, Mm. um, maybe like 17 things at once. Wow. And um, I I guess I was pretty proud of that. Um, Very efficient, um, just not really, I just didn't struggle with thinking, oh, what's the right thing to do here? What's the best thing to do here? Well, this is the best thing to do. This is how you do it, and it's the right way. Um, uh, Let's see. Let's talk a little bit about anxiety and depression. I I have always kind of struggled with anxiety and depression, been in and out of therapy, in and off of meds um, Mm -hmm. since after my first baby that just turned 16 two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, So was pretty familiar with what that looked like. And how to pursue health in with those conditions. Um, but yeah, just a busy homeschool mom mm. and making life happen. CEO of my house, like. Making it happen.
2: Mm.
0: And multitasking.
1: Yes. Oh, wow. my gosh. Like, why would you only do one thing at once? <laughs> What <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. If you do that, what's wrong? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh so what happened? What how did how did you injure your brain?
1: Um August twenty sixteen. I was coming out of my favorite grocery store and most people's favorite grocery store. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name or not. You absolutely can. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Okay. Coming out of Trader Joe's. Um and I had my hands full and in this particular parking lot, it was a newer Trader Joe's, not one that I've frequented like all the time. So it wasn't like my home Trader Joe's. It was just on the way home from running errands. Um, and in the parking lot, they have these medians and like every couple of feet, not new trees are planted. Mm-hmm. And the trees were covered in leaves. Um, the branches. There was one particular branch that was hanging um pretty low. Like I'm five nine and I think I was like wearing wedges. So like I was probably five ten-ish, a little bit more. And the branch would probably like a like hanging at maybe five, 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 six. Um, and I did not see it. And I stepped up into the median and stepped up with my full force. Into that tree branch. And Mm. if you can imagine a tree branch kind of coming down in a V, like almost a 90 degree angle, and then there was like this knot Mm. on where the 90 degree angle would meet, Mm -hmm. um, that went into the center of my head. Mm. (laughs) And I did not know what just happened. Mm. Like immediately down on my feet, um in the parking lot dropped the groceries i did not pass out i didn't lose consciousness um everything blacked and i saw stars immediately but then i was like a little bit embarrassed i was like oh my gosh who saw me do that like i'm in the middle of a parking lot but my head really hurts yeah
0: right right so
1: i knew i knew what was happening so then i'm like okay get my groceries get in the van close the door It was a super hot day and then just closed myself in the van (laughs) to recover, to be like, oh, my gosh, like, get yourself together, Hmm. Um, which in hindsight was not a great thing to do. Um, But thankfully, I didn't lose consciousness and I drove home. Hmm. I came to enough to drive home. And then I told my kids they were with a babysitter and I told her. I was like. I just hit my head pretty bad, but I mean, I think I'm okay. I just feel like I hit my head. Right. And then she was like, do you need me to stay with you? And I was like, "I was like, no, I think I'm all right. I didn't, I really just felt like, oh, I just got knocked out. Hmm. I didn't feel um, nauseous. I didn't feel anything other than I just hit my head. I thought I was fine. Hmm. Went on, went through the, afternoon, night. Um and in twenty four hours, everything changed.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so I was driving my kids back from tutoring, um, and the nausea was overwhelming. And then the headache came, then the vertigo piled on, like everything was spinning in the van, and it was just like should I pull over? Should I be driving? Can I actually get home? Mm-hmm. Um, is it even responsible or safe for me to be driving on the freeway right now? Um, so I did I did pull over. I remember pulling over and like I called my husband and I was like, I think I'm like 10, maybe 10 minutes outside of the house. And I was like, I'm, I think I'm fine to drive home. I'm going to drive home. But then I'm driving myself to the ER. Like something's not right. And I knew brain, I knew head injuries were a pretty big deal. Like, well, probably, I probably need a a CT scan Mm -hmm. just to make sure. And so I did. I drove myself to the ER, um, had a CT scan. It was clear, no bleeds. Um, And then so they gave me the slip of paper eight to 12 days, you'll be fine. Take it easy. Well, I'm a homeschool mom. I don't take it easy. Like, what is that? Right. Like 17 things at a time, right? Mm hmm. Um, so the instructions were literally like, I had never heard of post concussion syndrome. That was never mentioned. Like I was never told, I think there was like something in the fine print, like if you experience symptoms for longer than eight to 12 days, maybe you should seek a professional like that type of thing that they have to put on the, what's it called when they discharge you, the discharge Mm -hmm. papers. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I came home and I didn't take it easy um, because I just kept doing what I was doing with the nausea. And then I think it was like maybe in the next, you know, three to four days when I was like, OK, this isn't really going away. Maybe I should see a neurologist. Um, I went to neurologist number one and he prescribed medication for vertigo, medication for nausea, like the same medication. um. Zofran that I was on when I was pregnant mm. and like that, that helped a little bit. Um, but I just started like two prescription drugs right away. Um, it it really, it, it would touch the nausea a little bit, but not really the, the thing that was worse that started happening even after like a week was something happened with my sleep cycles
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I could not sleep. I couldn't sleep at all. Like we're talking, I was up 20 to 21 hours a day. Mm. So if you read and if you hear, oh, the best thing for brain injury is to rest and recover and it like sleep as much as you can. Like that wasn't happening. My brain was not turning off at all. The anxiety that I knew well was oh, I mean, it was overwhelming. I felt extremely paralyzed with anxiety. Mm. Um I am an Enneagram six, which pair the fear and the um, (laughs) lack of security with a normal Enneagram six with a head injury Enneagram six. I mean, it was outrageous. It was it was seriously paralyzing. Hmm. I'm trying to remember. I think we ended up. Yeah, we ended up seeing Neurologist 2, and he was the one to encourage brain rest. Um, I didn't get a new, oh, I did get a new prescription drug. Neurologist 2 prescribed um, Zoloft for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I'm on three prescription drugs now, and he's just telling me about brain rest. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what is brain rest? Like, what does that mean? Like, because I got from the ER, take it easy. And that meant for at least a month, I want no teaching like stop teaching your kids. I want no driving. Mm-hmm. I want you in dark a dark room mm-hmm. um stay off of your phone. let's let's have your let's have a screen a screen break like you don't need to be watching TV like I really want you to rest um that was extremely hard. That was probably. I mean, I listened. He's a doctor. I listened. Um, That was probably the lowest time in my life. Um, I would literally stare at the stone wall in our room for hours because I still wasn't sleeping. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, the kids would come in and just say hello um, and leave i wasn't having conversations with people um i'm a super social person so telling me that i have to stay isolated and quiet i'm also extremely loud and like want to be loud and want to be at a party and want like it was just really hard it's the complete opposite of who i am um we you know everything changed for our family at that point while i was having a month rest like we had tutors. We had to have tutors come in for the kids because I was homeschooling them and I wasn't going to put them in school right in the middle of the year. Right. So yeah, I had people coming in, bringing meals, um, figuring out my kids' schedules. Everything that I was good at and everything that I did was taken away. And I had to be completely dependent on other people for the first time in my life and Mm. it was um it was really hard wow it was really hard
0: wow i mean several things actually strike me i've got this dramatic story motorcycle Ooh, everybody goes wow dangerous (laughs) yes of course of course you have a brain injury you were buying groceries and walking
1: oh my gosh yeah like i literally did not I did not know what happened.
0: <laughs> I mean, and it sounds like that was one of the one of the most life-changing steps of your life. Like
1: literal, literal literally. Literally.
0: Yes, yes, like a literal literal step. step. Like yes. maybe the last step down the aisle. Oh my god. The last step into labor and delivery oh could my be gosh. the only steps that are even remotely competitive with that fateful day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think like any normal person, like I go back, like, why did I have to go to that Trader Joe's? Why did I take that route home? Mm -hmm. Why did I wear those shoes? If I would have been wearing my tennis shoes, then I would have given myself a couple of inches and maybe I would have missed like the guilt doesn't stop. Like, yes, that step changed my life. And it was my fault. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's something that i had to deal with in therapy for sure like <laughs> you know it's like you okay you were you were answering the call and going to yeah i don't know did you ever deal with that
0: oh my gosh constantly <laughs> like why, why
1: did i yes
0: why did i either let the motorcycle sit so long which is bad for motorcycles right cuz bad right? was hospital 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 so I'd started driving a car again. I never drove cars. I only drove my motorcycle, but I was riding around in cars. And the longer a motorcycle sits, the more dangerous it can become.
1: Okay, I didn't know that. Um, okay.
0: And so then I thought I should have either continued riding it or waited even longer. I shouldn't have. If I was going to take the bike out, I shouldn't have taken mm-hmm. it when I had somewhere to be. Right. I should have taken it for a slow, easy right. test ride with no destination. Right. Right. Because, because, because. It's your
1: fault. Right? Either way, it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, the way I figured out I had a brain injury, I felt fine. I thought maybe I had an adrenaline rush. Mm. because I just felt kind of...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that doesn't make good radio me shaking my body, but it's really jittery. jittery. Really
1: jittery. Yeah.
0: Uh, But when I was at the hospital with my dad, they gave me his intake form to fill out. And I mm-hmm. couldn't read it. Oh, okay. It... I mean, I could see there okay. was paper, and I could see there was writing on it, but I couldn't make out what any letter was, much less words. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I can't read this. He said, oh, are you not literate? Do you need an interpreter? And I said, no, I uh, I can read. I just can't read right now. Mm-hmm. He's like, he looks at me. I was like, well, I fell off my motorcycle, and because I was in a hospital he got on his little radio and next thing I know they're taking me down the hall from the MRI center to the ER. Oh my gosh. Um, and it it was like, I was like, wait, but I feel fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much life was going to change after that. Um, and that cycle of like self blame and, and searching because life changes in a, big way Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and at first you're like okay well i've got a concussion i can handle a few weeks of this
1: yeah i'm gonna get help for a month after a month i'm gonna be cool like i can start teaching my kids again i love to go to the grocery store i can do my own grocery shopping
2: Mm -hmm. like
1: my husband doesn't even know how to scramble eggs but he's gonna (laughs) learn for just a month and then i can start scrambling eggs again Mm -hmm. like i did find out that he could do a lot more than he thought he could. So that was a big plus. <laughs> that was a big plus.
0: I'm married to a six as well.
1: I know this. And I
0: think sometimes when you're married to a strong, capable six,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're cap- mm-hmm. you know you're capable of more. But whenever you try to be capable, yeah, your strong six is like, That's not good. (laughs) Maybe
1: I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) My favorite thing is like, I'm going to make Jenny's day. I'll clean and organize something. Oh, that's a bad idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's a panic attack. Well, maybe I'll just, uh, (laughs) maybe just load the dishwasher. And then she does say thank you. But then she... Does she reload? Completely reloads the whole thing. Of
1: course she does. <laughs> like,
0: oh. I didn't I didn't know there were such specific rules of rapid. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So you see how hard it was for oh me. Oh my gosh, to that's what I mean. In the bed for a month. Oh my gosh. I can't even Because you control think your anxiety
0: by, by controlling doing, the environment. By doing,
1: the very, yeah. doing, doing. Hmm. Yes. And I learned in that period, I mean, we'll probably talk about this later on, but like I am a fighter, not a healer. Yeah. And then what I've learned in the three years since this has happened is you have to become a healer. Like I had to be willing to Mm. heal. I couldn't fight. Mm. Can't fight your way out of this. That's Mm. been the biggest thing. Wow. I'm stubborn, Mike. I'm stubborn.
0: So as you move from a recovery period, you realize some. What made you realize well, this is going to be an ongoing thing?
1: Well, the internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I ended up seeing neurologist number three as well. Um. And then just basically figured out this is not working. Like, nothing that they're giving me is helping. These prescription drugs may be making me feel worse. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on so many things right now. I don't know if my symptoms are concussion-related or side effect from the prescription drugs, right? Um, I decide to drop it all, to stop it all. Like, no more prescription drugs. Um. I look into research on my own. I'm taking it into my own hands. Told you I'm stubborn. But this is my health. I am my own advocate. Like, who else is going to do this? Nobody else is going to do this. Um, I take it into my own hands, and then I start reading about post-concussion syndrome. And we're in, like, several months. Like, I don't even know. The timeline is crazy. But we'll just all say that this is in the first year. Um. I take it into my own hands. Um, I start making these. (laughs) He's like, I became really hippie. Like I've never really Mm -hmm. been a hippie. I've became so hippie. And like, I made these incredible brain tonics. You would be so, you would be impressed. Wow. You would be impressed. Um, I made weekly brain tonics. Um, Maybe a little bit woo, you would say, (laughs) but it was working. Right. It was working for me because I was doing it. right? Right. Right. Um, and i started once i started reading about post concussion syndrome i was like oh crap we're reading about people that are 6 years post injury and they still have brain fog yeah why have i never heard of this like why didn't neurologist number 1 neurologist number 2 neurologist number 3 like nobody told me this um and then i got really scared Mm. Like really scared. Um, I'm never gonna be the old Christy. Mm-hmm. Like this is my life for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm still in year two. I'm pretty much in a downward spiral. Like, um, actually, I did check myself back into therapy f- during that time. Like, I think I'd kind of had a break from seeing my therapist for just anxiety and depression, health. Um, and she actually told me that I wasn't allowed to go online anymore because it had become such an obsession. Yeah. Um, because what we figured out together, she and I, um, the people, I would find myself in places that really people were talking about how horrible their life was. And they were in year six and mm. she's like, you know what? Like this is probably true. And yes, we can talk about post-concussion syndrome, but the people that have experienced some healing, they're probably not on the internet writing all about how amazing their recovery journeys have been. They're outliving their life. That's right. So I think that you were feeding your monster. Mm. Stop with the internet searching. Mm. Um. So it was hard. I mean, it, I still, I still got on the internet. I mean, I didn't get on the internet as much, but like, I took it into my own hands. I started reading. Um, I could read you a list of all the things that I did, and you would just be like, "Wow!" Mm-hmm. Like, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, um, physical therapy, which actually was super helpful. Like, we started vestibular system mm-hmm. therapy and. You know, I couldn't. I could not walk. I couldn't put one front one foot in front of the other and just walk like a straight line. Um, she would harness me in, and I would walk on a treadmill treadmill as slowly as possible, wow. and like move my head from left to right, like and almost fall off every single time. Like I was, but I was strapped in, so it was great. Um, and we did. The balance beam like she strapped me in and then she put me on a balance beam and like mm. would have me say my say the alphabet backwards and that was the hardest thing like that I'd ever done like she mm. did these really cool brain exercises and um you know it, it's just it I could talk all day about it but it, it was just a very long year of Research and discovery, because there's so much that's not out there, yeah because you don't hear these stories
0: mm. Mm. it's so tough if you think about it from a clinician's point of view, yeah, um if you prepare people for the potential of a very long term recovery yeah. Yeah. because of things like the nocebo effect, I know it can actually create a harder recovery for them. I know. But when you don't tell people that some people have a concussion and 12 years later are still experiencing pretty significant post concussion syndrome.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I know I understand it's hard. And like every brain is so complex. They're so it's so different. Like your injury is way different than my injury. Like mm-hmm. we have some very similar things. Um So, yeah, it's it's, it's really complicated. It's really complicated. It was hard for me
0: to let go of the old me.
1: Oh, my gosh. One of the most frustrating days ever was I actually was texting with Jenny. This was after we met you guys, but you had not moved to L.A. yet.
0: Which, for people listening, we live in L.A., because Jenny met Christy, thank you, <laughs> and another friend, Jesse. <laughs> but because uh, Jenny was like terrified of like this big city. We grew up in sm- small town southeast USA, and uh, when Jenny met Christy and Jesse, and heard like <laughs> strong Southern women she talking about surviving good. and thriving, she's like, "Oh, I can do this. Let's go." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, so we um, we were texting. She continued to text with me. I talked to you a lot on the phone, but I knew that texting was hard for you um, with your recovery. And one of the things, that one of the hardest days for me was when Jenny texted me, you know what, Christy? You're probably going to need to start figuring out what the new you looks like. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. Mm. I was so mad because no, I am that would be given up. I am getting the old me back. Yeah. And I had to work through that. I had to work through that suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard.
0: I could never multitask. Okay. But I could maintain a state of intense focus and concentration okay for if I needed to 27 hours straight I mean I could literally work a 24-hour day when I needed to oh my god with quality right. work the whole time um I had this like almost unlimited mental stamina and uh probably two and a half years, 3 years post injury I never wake up with brain fog anymore um you know a lot of the cognitive issues have declined uh, other than I, I still can't text uh you know animated interfaces are tough for me still but the thing i had the most grief about is i have about 4 to 5 good high mental horsepower hours a day Mm. Mm -hmm. they're easier to get in the morning Mm -hmm. um but i can't write for four hours in the morning Mm. podcast for additional four hours and then do a bunch of work in the evening i'm pretty much cooked by about Mm -hmm. 2 p.m yeah
1: Me too. Oh, my gosh. Me too. And that's pickup time for the kids. Right. (laughs) I'm like, how am I going to make it till 9 p.m.? Right. Yeah. I I feel the same way. I feel the same way.
0: So how has that changed in your... Because I know you still experience brain fog as well. Yeah. And you've got cognitive issues. You've got mental stamina limitations. How has that impacted your relationships with your family who has been Mm -hmm. super dependent on you historically and even uh, with your friends?
1: Well, I figured out the answer. Well, no, not the answer. I looked into Jenny's suggestion Mm -hmm. of finding the new me. And I thought about instead of fighting healing, um and really begin to like break it down kind of like you would a math problem. I used to teach high school math. So it gets me a little nerdy when I think about, oh, let me figure out the be- what's the best system. If I can't if I can't fix my brain, I can fix the system.
2: Mm.
1: Right? So it became it became a math equation. And okay, I have sensory issues now. Mm-hmm. How can I calm and quiet the noises around me? Um, I invested in those earplugs you told me about, eargasms. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So they're on my keychain. Hmm. Um, I have figured out if we're going out with our friends, I am not afraid to ask anymore. Like, oh, okay, I have to get on Yelp and first look at the restaurant have to figure out if it's going to be cramped. I figure out okay, they have the little um they have the line on Yelp that says noise noise level <laughs> low, yeah, moderate right, or high. Right. If it's a high cramped restaurant, I speak up and I ask mm-hmm. is there any way we can choose a different place cuz I really want to come and I yeah. know I know I can't come to this restaurant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um if there's patio seating, I like to sit outside mm-hmm. at a restaurant. Um, the I'm trying to think of like all these accommodations that are like.
0: And yes, we hear you, rest of the country. We have some LA privilege <laughs> year-round outdoor seating. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yes, <laughs> I'm really grateful for that. Um, oh, when I think about the afternoons, like you said, you're two p.m. battery dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like it also it makes me think about a phone battery because like when your iPhone is done like it's done like you you literally have to put it in the charger or you can't use the GPS anymore. Right. It's the same way with with my brain like I feel like I have to schedule in like a 45 minute nap some days before I get the kids mm. which is another huge change like we had to put the kids in traditional school like there was no more homeschooling for me because the multitasking was gone. Mm. Um, so we transitioned the kids in school and like they're doing great. They love it. Um, so when pickup time comes, there's a good chance that the 45 minutes before that first pickup, I have been in complete silence and asleep mm. to make it till nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, I also have a really strict bedtime. Um you would think well maybe that comes with being a 40 year old but no it's 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 the brain thing and like i can tell the next day if i haven't stuck with my sleep cycles like if they've been messed up at all
0: that's the only time i have brain fog and yeah and, and like migraine like headaches is when my sleep patterns get interrupted
1: yeah yeah that's really hard um the next day like most i mean i experience these symptoms daily like there there's rarely a day that I feel that like I can go to sleep. I'm laying down at night, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I, it didn't feel like I had a concussion today. Like it, it did, it didn't feel like I was in concussion recovery today. And I'll be, so, I mean, it's so I'm so grateful for that. Um, because most days it's like I don't know if you've heard me describe it this way, but it's like a um, a turtle walking in peanut butter. Oh wow like that's the best description i have. Hmm. Like when you're trying to explain to somebody how you feel. Like what is brain fog? What 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 is brain fog? What does it feel like? Like either my head is a balloon and it's just literally floating off and i'm trying to grasp at the ribbon to pull it down and or a turtle walking in peanut butter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Every thought has like this cloud r- and resistance. Like it you can't it's difficult to make a thought on purpose, yeah, and the thoughts that happen automatically i it totally feels like they're moving through a viscous fluid, yeah,
1: oh my gosh, yes, wow, um, so yeah, I've just had to make changes, um like how can i how can I set myself up for success, and like asking like you've mentioned friendships, like asking for what I need has been really hard, but I feel like with the ones that love me most and like want me to feel the best, like mm-hmm. that's not difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it still is really isolating. Even when you feel like you have like, you know, four or five really, really tight friends that understand what you're going through. It's still, it still feels isolating. right? Um, Cause you know, you'll walk in a room and you, it, you said at the beginning of the episode, you used the word invisible. Mm. And that has been, like, that's a great, uh, just a great word because I look normal. <laughs> you know, like, it's a disability that doesn't, you don't automatically, which I hate using the word normal. Maybe I shouldn't even use the word normal. You can't see my injury. Um, You can't see my disability. Mm. Um, so asking for what I need I think has been like key in my relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just on really lonely, isolating, like days that I feel isolated, even asking or reaching out to someone um, instead of just, you know, being alone. I mean, some days it's good to be alone, but like if that happens like three or four days in a row, then I know that, okay, are you playing victim? I'm playing victim right now. Mm -hmm. Let's walk in health and like, Maybe you should call Jiddy and go on a walk. So that's mm. what I do.
0: <laughs> that's been tough for me. Mm. You know, one of the things that they say is most um, therapeutic for mm. brain injury is exercise and physical yeah. activity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Which And I hate absolutely. exercise. Yeah,
0: I like a good walk. Yeah, but, you know, it, the way I feel is like I have so few hours that I can get work done. So I got to right. get my work done. Right. And then I'm cooked. I yeah. don't want to go out and hear all these noises and right. deal with bright sunlight because sunlight's a big deal for me since mm-hmm. for sensory over- being overwhelmed. Um, it'll give me a migraine really fast mm-hmm. if I if I get bright lights in my eyes, and uh, so that this thing that could really help me feel better feels too hard to it even is, try, yeah. and yeah. I I feel like that's a cycle. I don't know if that happens to you, but I get stuck in a lot. The things that would help me the most also seem like the hardest things in the world to do.
1: They are. I mean, I didn't, other than taking small walks the first two years, I stopped working out. I Mm -hmm. mean, and I was in the gym like four days a week and I stopped working out. Um so I was dealing with the isolation from my gym friends and my gym community, which I loved so much. Mm. Um that just kind of stopped, but then the physical like the the benefits that I was that my body was getting physically, that stopped for 2 years. Mm. Um because exactly because of what you're saying. Like there, there was no way I was going to why would I go Outside and why, why would I go to a gym when I feel like I'm just going to fall over?
2: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> like, because I, I still will struggle with like feeling really dizzy and I have to watch my head movements. Right. Um. So it just was really, really slow. You um, get car sick? Oh, yeah. Really bad.
0: I never was car sick before the accident. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm car sick. Yeah. Literally every time we go anywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but exercise, I mean, that, I just have started that back and it, 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 it's actually helping. Mm. I feel like it's really helping the, um, the cloudiness
2: Mm.
1: and I have fallen over. I I mean, in the gym, I'll like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. And you just try it. And then it's a, it's just, I'm it's an equation and I'm still figuring it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I might have to start exercising. Maybe once I finish this damn book of mine. <laughs>
1: you can do it.
0: Uh, I know you grew up in the church too.
1: I did. And I did. like
0: everybody, you're on your own completely unique faith journey. Yes. But I, I'm curious if a brain injury has impacted your faith journey mm.
1: at all. Um, you know, that is a really loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> And wow. I know that science, faith, and life is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> that I want to deliver. Right. Um. You know it. Yeah. It's been. I think it's you know the timing of everything is so crazy because I was already in this place of trying to deconstruct things from my past and growing up, like all like evangelical Christianity. Um all that it gives you, right? Like trying just on this journey of deconstructing um and really trying to figure out like what I want to hold on to. Like what do like if I really think about it like what do I really believe? Um and I feel like this is like a whole podcast in itself. Um it's it is it's a really really tough question um and I'm not completely ready to talk about it all now. Um but I did like. I feel like I was in a really regard. Like I think I put all the questions aside mm. because I was scared. I was really scared. Like at one time, my dad, um, <laughs> he said he was like, "Well, you know, God, God let you hit your head on that tree," and I was like, "Okay, like, okay, maybe, yeah." And he was like, "Cause you got to slow down, Christy. You got to slow down." And at first I was just really like, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. But then like three years later, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe he knew more than what I knew he knew or Mm. thought he knew or whatever. Um, But like, I, I put the questions aside and all of my like, okay, how am I going to break down this theology? What am I actually going to believe? Because I just needed the, I needed comfort and I needed security and like, God is that to me. Mm. God has always been that mm. to me. Um, and like the personality of a six, that's what I value most. And I've never really been able to find that outside of my relationship mm. with God. Mm. Um, so, I mean, my, I feel like it was like, I feel like I had a sweet time with God in the healing because I wasn't fighting.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And like, you know, it's the whole fight heal thing again. Like, I really tabled, I really tabled everything. Like I just, mm. I had, I had to. And, I mean, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know. That's kind of an answer. That's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of it's an answer. It's not a kind of an answer. I feel like I could say like so much and I will one day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think that's, I think a lot of people could relate to that, you know. Mm. Uh, I don't know what I believe about this, but I need it right now. Oh gosh, yeah, I
1: yeah. W- I mean, I remember one um, one conversation my husband and I were having, and it was I don't even remember what the topic was. Like maybe it was something about an arc, the arc. Some, I think we we're talking about the arc. And I was like, I cannot think about what actually like if there was an arc. Like I can't think about this anymore. I have to heal. I'm trying right. to figure out how I'm going to wake up the next morning. Right. And then he's like, "Okay, we can't. Okay, we can't talk about this anymore." I was like, "No, we can't right now." <laughs> so,
2: there, I,
1: there's I a think peak.
0: that's really encouraging. That's a little bit. The the if there is something interesting and important about religion and even a relationship with God, I think mm-hmm. it is those things that impact. The way we live life each day, Mm -hmm. whether we see the world with hope or not, Mm -hmm. whether we see ourselves and others with love or not. Absolutely. And I I find it really comforting and encouraging that you had this Mm life-changing, difficult thing happen, and you were able to, and you decided to set aside... Deconstruction and all mm-hmm. this stuff that people love to talk about on the internet and instead um, get what you needed yeah. out of this lifelong investment right you'd made in 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 the church yeah and in Christianity right so I, I appreciate you sharing that with us Thanks if someone's listening to us right now and they've had a concussion or they've had oh gosh something more severe a stroke if they've had some kind of transient unexplained neural phenomena that's impacting Mm -hmm. their life and they're much closer to their time of injury than Mm -hmm. you are is there anything you would say to someone Mm -hmm. who's right now wondering if they're ever going to get better Mm. Or if they're ever going to be like they were.
1: Mm. Um, I would say first that I'm sorry. Mm. I'm really, really sorry. I would say that you are not alone, even though it feels 100% like you are. Mm. I would say that you're not crazy. That this is actually really hard. Mm. I would say that you may never be pre-injury self, but post-injury self can be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would say to reach out. Don't stay in isolation. Reach out to someone, preferably like if it is a head injury, reach out to someone who actually gets it so like you got two people right here (laughs) Mm. um because it's it's just very different like i i seriously do not know what i don't i don't think you and jenny know how much you have been a part of my healing Mm. because there were times that we were hanging out when i would just have to leave and you would see me leave you would come out of the room and you wouldn't say anything you would just look at me Mm. and then you would just know Mm. that I can't be in here right now Mm. I'm on the verge of a panic attack right now because the sensory overload is too much yeah reach out to somebody I think probably the biggest thing would be um, find like maybe two or three things that you feel like Um, calms you and grounds you and like for me that's been um, being outside and taking a long walk and like Mm -hmm. I have to actually schedule that in my day because it's part of my healing it's part of my therapy like Mm -hmm. I am not medicated at all right now Mm -hmm. and that is my medicine wow (laughs) um That's been one of my things. Um, You know this about me. My second thing is finding something that you feel like you can nurture. And for me, that's my houseplants. Um, It's time consuming and it's beautiful. And I love taking care of like each specific leaf. I love Mm. knowing this, like what soil it needs. Mm. Like it's just something really small that I feel like I can do well and it gets me outside of my head um and then and the third thing would be my dog mm. <laughs> having having jade my little dog um yeah. because i'm never alone she follows me everywhere and you know find find something find what grounds you find find what works for you mm. do you do you have anything like that
0: definitely um,
1: Besides cheese, oh, we
0: gosh, have that no we cheese. have
1: that in common. We also love a good cheese board.
0: Cheese is my mistress, my temptress. <laughs> Jenny said the other day, she was like, "You do cheat on me." I was like, "What?" She's like, "With cheese, you lie to me about where you've been.
1: Oh my! You goodness.
0: hide it from me. No, she did. And you have it has utter control over you.
1: She knows you well, and
0: she's right. <laughs> Because she'd be like, what'd you eat today? I'm like, oh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Block of brie. Really? Really nothing? Where'd you go for lunch? Oh, I got a rice bowl. Mm-hmm. I got a rice bowl. Why are you looking away? <laughs> uh, there's something over here? Because, yeah, because I had
1: yeah. cheese for lunch. So, yeah, like what do you do? What What grounds you?
0: I feel like I know and have a relationship with Every tree mm. <laughs> and shrub and succulent and hummingbird and lizard.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: Um, on this little patch of ground where I live.
1: That's beautiful. Um,
0: And I check on all of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: multiple times a week and see who's feeling well. I know uh, on a windy day who might be leaning over and need some support. Um, I know who will tell me first that it's too dry and they need water. And I know who will tell me first, there's too much water. Can we dry out? Um, And I mean, gosh. I it know it feels what,
1: so good, yes, right? I know
0: what time and on what days the parrots <laughs> visit and yes. which two doves land in which tree at what time of day. And um it's my favorite thing. And it is yeah. absolutely when I don't have the brain power left yeah. to even be present and intelligible with my family. Yeah all those plants and wild things allow me to simply be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like they just receive your love and your care and you don't that that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then they're just beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I and my my landscapers probably think I'm not well because if they accidentally step on oh. a little succulent. Uh-uh. No. I'm like, did you see this?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm just like, you got to be careful. That's my, yeah. those I are my love friends. That.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love it. And your yard's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite spots as well.
0: <laughs> I spend an absurd amount of time out there. It's good. It's really. Um, yeah. Christy. Thank you
1: thank you for joining us today. Thank you.
0: Um, it means a lot to me that you took the time out to do this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel just really grateful. Like August, you know, I'm coming up on my three year injury anniversary Mm -hmm. and it's a day of celebration now. And it's not, it doesn't mean that like there are still days that are extremely hard, but Mm. I really can look at it as a day of celebration. Wow. Um, So I feel grateful. Thank Mm. you for having me. Thank you.